We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. Yeah, I think that's really insightful. I need to be. Yeah. So, or thank you. (laughs) It is. It is insightful. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Thank you for noticing. And welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. And we are all did up today, both of us. I know. For a Sunday evening, we're both, you know, we have our, I I blow-dried my hair today. Huge. (laughs) My hair hair is quite dirty, but uh, (laughs) it was, I I hit my limit of needing to wash it. So I did, Uh, um, I did wash my hair recently. (laughs) Yeah, I wear, I think this might be the first time I've ever been wearing lipstick for a podcast recording. Oh, fancy. So that's a that's a first for us. We got to look good for Jeff. We got to step it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, okay, you did t- tea today? Tell me. I did. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because – so before I get into that, it's funny that I went to tea because because I went to tea, I didn't have my morning coffee at home. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I've been I've been taking a page from your book, and I've been putting my Sunset Lake CBD drops into my coffee. It's it's great, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. This morning, however, I went over to Cindy's to get ready for high tea at the Plaza, which was a whole experience that I'll talk about. But so I got coffee on the way, and therefore, like, I didn't think to bring like to go drops to like yeah. put into somebody else's coffee. I didn't think about it, and I noticed a difference in how jittery I felt from the caffeine without that. Oh, wow. Good controlled experiment. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I um I'm if I wasn't already a convert to putting my C B D drops into my coffee, I would be. Yeah. No, I highly recommend. I also um it's funny, it's I put it in tea the other night that I had before bed. And it was very pleasant. Wow. It was very relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. So if the listeners want this pleasant, relaxing experience, they can go to sunsetlakecbd.com slash FMH20. Use our code FMH20 for 20% off of everything. And you can use that as many times as you want. Go crazy. Please do, honestly. Yeah. So tell me about tea. So I have never even stepped foot in the plaza, Mm -hmm. having lived in New York for 13 years. Never one time been in there. I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I, I mean, I guess I just like never had a reason to go in there. I don't know. Um, so I never have. And Cindy's sister is in town this weekend and really wanted to go. And so we went and it was so fun. Were you sad that your B-reel did not go off during tea? Uh, yes. Very, very much so. And I also- find myself annoyed that it goes off when I'm like driving and I'm like, I literally was just on a like, gorgeous hike or some shit. God Come damn on. It. Have you seen TikTok now that TikTok has a has a B-real competition situation no. going on? F- yeah. 
Except that it's like never worked for me. I've tried to do it and it, it keeps saying can't connect to internet, even though I'm like obviously connected to internet at the time. So that's very strange. You're trying to literally mirror the be real experience where it doesn't function. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. In any case, so I went over to Cindy's early this morning to get ready. We all got like dolled up in, you know, headbands and hats and just what you would imagine one might wear to high tea at the plaza just to like really lead into the whole thing. Yeah, love it. I love that's I I think that's fun. Like that's how I kind of view certain weddings sometimes where the venue might not perfectly align with like my personal style or like I I have a birthday coming up where the theme of this birthday party is not how I would typically dress, but finding a way to kind of make that work with my style, but also wear something I wouldn't normally wear is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually got compliments from people that were there, but also from the staff where they were like super excited that we were dressed in that like fun way and seeing it as this like really fun thing that we were doing. It was surprisingly filling. Oh, no, that – it's a ton of food. It was so much food. Little finger sandwiches, pastries. It was so good. My tea was delicious. I had like the tropical tea. It was just front to back, a lovely experience. We also spent like 45 minutes taking pictures and videos like kind of upstairs where there weren't that many people mm-hmm. so that we could kind of have like a little area to ourselves, and we just had the best time. Cute. Fun. Yeah. And then so how was the date that you were running off to? After we finished, um, oh yeah, when we recorded, yeah, when we recorded Patreon, I was going to a date. Um, it was fine. I will not go on a second date with him. All right. Um, it, it wasn't fine. Like it was just like, meh. Conversation totally. was just really awkward, mm. and it was another date where I was very thankful that I like and know a lot about football because it's that crazy is- that that keeps becoming a thing. It's because I bring it up when conversations are awkward. Oh, then maybe I misunderstood. I was assuming that like – I feel like sometimes when we've talked about it, the guy has been weird about it. That was that one guy. The, oh, okay. The, okay. I forget what we called The catcher. Yes. That was that one guy. But no, this was just a I, – I have found not just in a dating context, in talking to men in general, that when conversation gets awkward – that football is a really easy thing to fall back on in a situation where, like, I need to be in a conversation with someone. And Fair. so it was Saturday afternoon. We were in a bar. So there was college football on. So it was also we very, like – Activated. Yes. And so we talked about football basically the entire time because anytime it ventured into something else, it was just extremely stilted. Like, we mm-hmm. just, like, weren't – we didn't have the friendistry, as we've said before. Me. Like, there oh, was well. nothing flowing there. Uh, which is fine. I had, you know, he was nice. Had a beer. Not Called a big it. deal. Yeah. Called it. Yeah. Um, there was a lot going on in the bar that we could remark on, which we had that going for us. The people, there was a surprise party going on that they were drinking these like blue drinks that we couldn't figure out what they were drinking. Yeah, they didn't look great. Yeah, drinks that have bright. That are unnatural colors are are not are not what I'm into personally. Not your jam. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, not not anything to write home about. Um, I do have an update on the Nomad. Okay. Yes. The patrons have heard this already. So, dear patrons, um, you got to hear it a week early, but you will hear it again. Um, so I went out with 
The Nomad. As we discussed last week, I had to cancel or postpone rather our first date because I was sick. Mm -hmm. And so we rescheduled for this past Wednesday and we went out. He was I think I I think I said this already when we recorded last that he had been like checking in on me. He'd been like very sweet during my illness, checking in, seeing how I was feeling. We were like talking a decent amount. I was like, okay, like this, you know, this guy seems great, etc. My matchmaker had previously referred to him as a gem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, this is checking out. Great. So we did have so I'm trying to decide where I want to start. Anybody listening to this date would have thought this date is going really well. Mm. Mm-hmm. The conversation flowed very easily, like different from the guy yesterday. We were like able to easily pivot off of things each other was saying. We had a lot in common. We were like it, the conversation flowed very well. Yes. However, through the course of the date, I was just getting this feeling like I I was First of all, being reminded of one of my ex-boyfriends, the oyster. And for a few different reasons. One, he had this very like confident, self-assured vibe about him that there's a fine line between that and cockiness mm-hmm. that the oyster in the beginning towed really well. Yeah. Where he later pushed fully into cockiness, but not in the beginning. But it was enough that it put me in this place where I felt like I had to – where I felt almost performative, where I was like trying to prove myself, trying to like make this guy like me. No. This is all about the oyster. Oh, I know. And in hindsight, that is what I was doing. I didn't know that at the time. It was like before I had like really like dug into that part of my dating pattern. And it is something that I now am very wary of when I feel myself wanting to do that. Like when I feel like something about this person that I'm interacting with, dating or not, is activating this like performative part of me that makes me want to be like inauthentic. Yeah. Or makes I think me feel really like insightful. I need to be. Yeah. So – or thank you. <laughs> it is. It is insightful. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> So, so, so I was noticing that throughout the date. And like one example that I gave you when we recorded the Patreon yesterday is that we were talking about, you know, things, things that we like it, about ourselves or like ways like a cheat sheet for dating us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I said was that I'm really into direct communication and like I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And if I'm feeling something, I'll say it. And if I'm not, I'll say it. Like I just, I'm very direct. Yeah. And he said, me too. And he kind of like gave this anecdote about something at work, whatever. And he was like, yeah. And I also like don't really subscribe to dating rules. I was like, great. Me either. Like, what do you mean by that? Sounds like good news right now. Sounds great. And he was like, yeah. Like, you know, if I if I like you, you'll hear from me the next day. Like, I'm not waiting around, blah, blah, blah. And I jokingly said, oh, so if I don't hear from you tomorrow, that means you don't like me? And he said, yeah, pretty much. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's I, like was, a, I don't love the comments like that that kind of put you on your heels where yes. you're like, noted. Yep. Yeah. You like, know, I was just trying to be reaction like, is there? Right. Like, I was just trying to be like playful and jokey in saying that. 
And yeah. like, I think a more, a like less, a response that would have taken me aback less would have been something like, like, oh, haha, no, like, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not going to ice you out or like yeah. whatever, something like that, right? So it was just, that's a, that's a small example. And honestly, the only one that I can even like put my finger on, mm-hmm. but it is, that is the putting you on your heels kind of moment that I was feeling throughout the course of the date, but like having a hard time like wrapping my arms around. Yes. And so, and I just left the date feeling like I didn't, I don't feel like me. I don't think yeah, I felt you like me. Yeah, a bad vibe. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's not, no bueno. Yeah. So I was like contemplating that throughout the next day because as you and I talked about right after the date, you know, there's a, there's definitely a difference between legit catching a bad vibe and feeling like you weren't your authentic, you weren't able to be your authentic self with somebody. There's a difference between that and like letting past shit fuck up new shit. Mm-hmm. And those two things are often like, sometimes there's a like really blurry line there. Yeah. So I was spending the next day being like contemplative, like where at where was that? Where was this on the on the spectrum scale? of offense? Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly on the spectrum. Like where where does this land? And I was hedging more towards I think it lands in a I don't want to go out with this person again place. Mm-hmm. Hadn't quite decided fully. On Friday, so let let it be known that I did not hear from him the next day. Telling. Telling. He doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I had our, I had emailed my matchmaker being like, I had forgotten to tell her that we rescheduled the date. Typically, she and I will have a scheduled call the very next day. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten to tell her that we rescheduled. So I emailed her on Thursday saying like, hey, totally forgot to let you know that I'm, I ended up going out with the Nomad last night. You know, let me know what your schedule looks like, whatever. Later on Thursday. Friday morning comes around. He texted me, hey, happy Friday. I'm like, okay, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already know you don't like me because I didn't hear from you yesterday. So, <laughs> so, so fess what, up. What's going on? What's coming next? <laughs> and he said that he really enjoyed our evening together, but that it seems like we're not aligned on two major things, which are whether or not we want kids and where we want to live in the long term. Yeah. I mean, where you want to live in the long term, I think, is potentially fungible. Yes. Kids? Eh. Not so much. And so on the date, it was in context. It didn't. This question didn't come out of left field, but he, and I, but I don't remember what the context was. But he said, do you want kids? And I said, yeah, absolutely fair question. And especially he's a little bit older than me. So yeah. I think, you know, absolutely. And I said, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I said, I froze my eggs last year because I wasn't ready to make that decision right now. And I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I asked him, do you? And he said, yes, like emphatically, yes. Yeah. And so I, that, like, we also talked about kind of what we, where we want to live in the long term. That part I, I don't think is as important, like you said. It didn't come up on the date that that it, that my answer was a deal breaker for him. Mm-hmm. But in his text message, he expressed that it is. Right. Which is absolutely valid for him to not want to date someone who isn't sure if she wants kids or not. But why did I end up on a date with him? Yeah, that's a very obvious screening question to me. And, and I know that, that it's one that you guys have talked about. 
Yes, one that my matchmaker and I have explicitly discussed. Yeah, that's a bummer and weird. I know. Both of the, we honestly we've explicitly discussed both of those things. She knows that one of the reasons yes. why my last relationship ended is because he hated New York City. It's weird. I know. And so I haven't talked to her yet. Um we our schedules didn't align on Friday. And then I ended up sending her another email when I got his text saying like I just got this from him and I'm pretty disappointed based on everything we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully I'll get to connect with her tomorrow um, or maybe Tuesday. So I don't know. I, wa- I want to like reserve a little bit of judgment yeah, until, yeah, I t- yeah. until I talk to her. But the way he expressed it to me was so straightforward that I just have a really hard time thinking that it could have come up at all in their conversation and and not reach this conclusion. Uh, agreed. Based on both how how emphatically he said that he wanted them and how sure he was that my answer was a deal breaker. Right. Like I just have to think it didn't come up, which is unacceptable, frankly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, no, that needs to be discussed. Yeah. So, yeah. So we will discuss. As, yeah, and you will. Yeah. Um and that's uh that's what's going on with me. Um okay. Yeah. How was your friend date? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Friend yeah, yeah. yeah. Truly friends. Like I, I was very correct. Friend vibe. Like we're friends. However, we talked about like wanting to like amp our friendship back up. Love um, it. Yeah. Because we really like we were friends when I moved here and then mm. petered out. And we live really close to each other and have things that in common. So I, I don't. Pardon? I said that's so convenient. You have exactly. like a, a neighborhood friend. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what we were saying. Like it's – I don't know if superficial is the right word, but it's – it is sort of – it reminds me of college a little bit in the sense that it's a friend by proximity and convenience slightly. Yeah. And that he was saying this is a really easy friendship to – this is a good friendship to have in your pocket, right? Where if you want to go you know, sit at the bar and have a drink, like – you know somebody who can do that with you who lives three blocks away and you can walk to the same place. So true. If you're looking for a buddy to watch the Niners game that, you know, as I said last time, we're both fans of, we know somebody who we can go with. And so I think that that'll be nice. And also I am I am pro in the sense that my group, we've kind of exhausted each other as like networking people. Not that I'm trying to network mm. in the traditional – in a professional sense, but like who knows who he could introduce me to or I could introduce him to and he's yeah. one month out of this relationship and so he is not in a place of relationship. He is in a place of hookup and right. so I don't – I would not want to subject my single friends to him right now, but <laughs> he's a great guy who is like – has a great family and is ambitious and like really cares for people and is in therapy and like he's just he's he's a great guy and so I would absolutely introduce people to him when that time is right and so it's like I don't know we could ex- like open up our circles to the other in ways that could who knows what could happen um yeah, yeah so we'll see um so that was really it was a nice it was a nice hang um love that the the writer put a pin in our relationship in yes. our lowercase r, we don't in we work in a relationship in our uh, dating. Yeah, but our, as the bachelor says, in our, journey, our journey has ended. <laughs> our journey, 
<laughs> we are no longer on a journey. We are on individual journeys now. There's no you are, you are continuing cool. your individual journeys separately from each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so as I've said, he was noncommittal. I said, sounds good. Figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. And then he I, I I read it verbatim on Patreon, but basically he said, like, you're amazing. I don't have time for a relationship. Best of like um, I wanted to let you know where I'm at. And I'm like, fuck off with that a little bit. You know, like, I'm sorry. If, so, okay. Unfortunately, I really wish that I'd had this text when we did the Mythbusters about uh, – it, Yeah. It's unfortunate timing. If he could have, you know, ended things in a better time for our podcast, it would have been great. But <laughs> – How dare he not yeah. consider the content? He – so I am amenable – to him not being ready for a relationship with me, right? Mm -hmm. As I said on recording last time, doesn't matter to me because it's all the same outcome. Like the analysis of those two paths, I don't really give a shit. Right. That said, if it's true, let's just assume what he said is true, that he doesn't have time to to put together a relationship, to start a relationship right now, to build something with somebody – Bro, you're 42. When are you going to do this? When's it happening? And it's just so, you know, feel free to let me know this is happening in other major cities as well. But this is is a consistent problem in LA. And I think it's it's a problem in a lot of major cities. Yeah. I think Hollywood has an influence on it, honestly. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Sir, you are not Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, you're not going to turn 45 and pull 24. You know, like, sorry. And, you know, that that's just what's – whatever. But I definitely am – like, I will admit that I have some bitterness here of being, like, a woman in her 30s who absolutely is going to be passed over for women in their 20s in, like, currently – Right? Yeah. By men who are in my appropriate age dating bracket. And like, that's like fucking annoying. Like, whatever. It is what it is. But, um, so it's like, okay, Peter Pan, you know, grow up. But anyway, I'm, th- this is all just sort of philosophical. Like, I don't feel this way about the writer. He can feel however he feels. Um, I'm not like angry at him at all. I did have a friend, and I said this on Patreon that like, I, I sent a screenshot of this to a friend who, yeah, th- who, Venture to guess that by him ending it with, I want to let you know where I'm at, was him seeing if I would take the bait on casual dating. Yeah. So you said that on Patreon yesterday and I was like, that didn't even occur to me. Like it yeah. didn't even – it didn't even cross my mind. I I read it as a breakup text. Bre- oh, me Lowercase b, whatever. You know, yeah. like I read it as like a we won't be seeing each other anymore text. thousand percent. That's how I read but it I, and that's how I responded to it. I responded by saying, thanks for the info. Best of luck out there. Yeah. And so if – again, I think it's one of these like it doesn't actually matter if that's what he was trying to do because you don't want to do that. And so if that – if he was seeing if you were open to continuing things in a more casual way, the answer is no and he can glean that from your cool bro by answer. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the button on that. Um I've gotten – so I know that you've gotten questions and I've now gotten a couple DMs. So I just want to say there are no updates on the Ranger beyond the fact that <laughs> I, am, 
I am the going. People are the people are wild for ranger updates. I know, and there's really nothing. I hate to I hate to say it. Um, I'm going, and he and I have texted about like various logistics and things. And he texted me also to ask if he would see me at our it's our ten year college reunion. So he texted me to like ask me if I would see him there. I mm-hmm. said no, but um, but yeah. So we've talked like we've texted intermittently but like that's not enough of an update to bring up on the podcast but no the trip is booked i'm going to be seeing him i'll i'll keep you posted uh yeah but everybody's very excited including me yeah and yeah it's uh, i didn't get it no one asked me in my ama this time but like consistently for the last several weeks i've gotten questions about the ranger yeah but some question that i did get in my ama today was people wanting to know more about magic mind which is one of our new sponsors of the pod that we mentioned a couple weeks ago that we have both been drinking every morning. And I have con- continued to love it. It is – I also love – they call it their little drink, which I think is just adorable. Um, but no, it they, is – they've hit the ball out of the park on like the the look. It's, it's just a lovely product that you just like feel good using. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like they just done did it. It's so true. And it's so it's these little bottles. It's like a little elixir that you drink. We've been drinking it in conjunction with our coffee in the morning. Yep. And it has matcha and ashwagandha in it. And it has like a similar taste to matcha, which I had never had before. And it turns out I really like. Yeah, I'm super just, into it. I really like it. And it has made me feel more even in the afternoons. Yeah. I think that there's less of a there's definitely less of like a crash feel the same way I think that sometimes people like you can sugar crash. I think you can ca- like caffeine crash a little bit. Totally. And I do think it gives me that nice kind of like start your day, ride this plateau of solid energy. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to check it out, you can go to magicmind.co slash FMH and use our code FMH20 for either 40% off your first subscription or – off your first one-time purchase. And just know that the 40% off your subscription code only lasts for 10 days. So if you want to do that, run, don't walk, but you can get 20% off your first one-time purchase for quite some time. Fantastic. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more, but when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You could look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah. So without further ado, a long-awaited returning guest. We've got Therapy Jeff coming up. Let's just get right to him. Therapy Jeff. So good to have you. I'm so excited. 
Me too. See you there. with Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Welcome back to Finding Mr. Right, the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a little while, huh? Yeah, it has been. It's a real, it's been it's a real thrill. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of the first podcasts that I went on when I became therapy, Jeff. So I'm happy to be back. Love that. We were early, early, early on the trend. Yeah, exactly. We got to ride well, the wave I- of your success. I actually remember when we like wanted to reach out to you about it and I was like, you were like big on TikTok, but you weren't yet big on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to message him on Instagram because I bet he reads his DMs. Because like (laughs) now if I saw your account, I'd be like, this person probably doesn't read their DMs because they're just too overwhelming. But I was like, I I think I could talk to him on Instagram. And then we did. You did. You're right. And just for the record, for anyone listening, I don't read my DMs at all on TikTok. But it is likely that I'll re- will read your DM on Instagram. So if you want to sneak in there and like offer me a tip on like what video to make or what topic to focus on, I am all ears. Love that. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so this episode is really going to be like a grab bag that we do. We just put up uh, basically what questions do you have for Jeff? People had a lot of questions. Also, people just had like general hype and excitement. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How are Love you? What's it. been what's been happening in the last? you know, six months since we talked to you. <laughs> Anything new? How's life? Um, <laughs> life is good. Uh, I'm still just sort of like focusing a lot on making all the content and trying to go viral as best as I can. Um, and I can do that every now and then. So I'm happy about that. Um, there's lots of like, there's funny like uh, opportunities that have like come my way in the last six months or so, just cause like I, I got over the 2 million mark on TikTok, and that just sort of like unlocked That's insane. everything. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah. That was insane. And, um, and, and when that happened, like actual real, like literary agents were like, you should write a book. And I was like, I should write a book <laughs> or like, <laughs> you should be on this show or you should be on my podcast or so like really huge big opportunities have been presented to me so I'm so trying exciting. to kind of like take them all in yeah and choose wisely so that's amazing uh, and you started a podcast since since oh, we last yeah. spoke that's right I did start a podcast it's called this changes everything and it's one it's with one of my favorite actually MTV challenge reality stars uh Sarah Rice at I Rourke, love this. I think that year yeah. yeah, I lo- I love Sarah. I'm I am a, a challenge super fan. Yeah, I uh, oh got I was like so attached to her last journey when she was on the show and she went all the way to the finals and then she lost all the money because her partner decided to steal it all. So it was just sort of like heartbreaking. And she's super interesting to talk to because she's a therapist now who sees people that are on reality shows. So that's what she like oh. specializes in since she was on reality shows for like 10 years of her life. And oh my God, all of the stuff that like all the stuff that reality stars go through and just sort of like the effect that it has on your psyche and your identity and watching yourself on TV and what that can do to you and all like the neuroses that are created because of it. Fascinating. So she has like a really interesting niche or niche. Yeah, that's great. Whatever. That's smart. Because yeah. all these shows do have quote unquote, like therapists. I, I, I don't, it's not fair to say quote unquote because they are licensed therapists. However, <laughs> they're employed by the show. They're not your therapist. Yeah. And so it's not confidential. So like when I would talk to the survivor therapist, like I, I was like, I'm not going to tell you shit. Like, <laughs> so yeah. 
it's it's not really doing the purpose anyway yeah oh god that's so interesting there's there's always like i've always like dreamt of like if i could be a therapist anywhere it would be on a reality show but i really don't know how true that out that because like i am sort of working for the show and trying yeah. to maybe like create storylines so yeah there's no like real trust that i could have with the people right. that are talking to me it's gonna get or being life. like like oh i know that work is feeling insecure about this thing so like let like right. that I, yeah that would that would get really dicey and I probably yeah. also know about like all the other stuff that everyone else is going through, which is a real conflict of interest. Like I shouldn't know that as your one therapist. Like you know? when you're talking to the person and they're like, oh my God, Rourke. And you're like, oh, well, Rourke said. Exactly. Yeah. My close friend and I had the same therapist for a while, for like mm-hmm. actually like two years. But we're like, we're not – close enough that I would ever like there was never anything I was talking to my therapist about with her it was more just like I went on vacation with her kind of thing and I Mm -hmm. think our therapist eventually figured it out (laughs) yeah this is the danger though because I have been in that position uh like a dozen times where I'm seeing a client they're like I want to refer my friend I'm like this friend cannot be close to you like they should like be like a real like acquaintance that you kind of know that you think might be a good fit and then, like, a few times what's happened is that they become really good friends, and then they start to talk about them. And I'm like, hey, remember when I told you I can't talk about this? Now this is all screwy because mm. you want to be able to process something, and I'm not going to do that. So really think about that when you recommend a friend to your therapist. Yeah. Well, ours happened on accident. We oh, realized okay. that we were seeing the same therapist, like, just gotcha. by coincidence because both yeah. of our therapists, we we realized they were both on vacation at the same time, and then they also had the same name, and we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me a handful of times, too, and I think I typically figure it out, but probably sometimes don't. Yeah. So, but now I have a new one. I actually found my new therapist on Therapy Den. Hey, love to hear it. I love Therapy yeah. Den. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah, it was wonderful. I'm a big fan of her so far. So we've been – I've nice. seen her three times now. So now we're like – I was just saying to my mom yesterday, we just – yes, or this past week session was the first one that I felt like was a, a quote-unquote real therapy mm-hmm. session and not just mm-hmm. a like let me word vomit at you so that you know who the fuck you're talking to session. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I love those sessions where you are word vomiting on me. There's so much I learn. And I get to like ask all the questions of like – how did your parents love you? Who are your best friends? What is your relationship history? There's just like so many. You, and you tell me the story and like all this like wonderful detail that I get hooked in so much. But yeah, around the third or fourth session is when I have to really try to be a therapist instead of yeah. just like being an audience member. Just Yeah, just like listening. Oh, that's a cool story. Oh, yeah. wait, I'm supposed to give you advice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, we are so excited to dive into questions from the listeners with you. Before we do that, we have our weekly listener poll, which this week is weird or not. We've been doing like some Mythbusters things. We have a weird or not this week. Got it. And so this week's weird or not is your conversation fizzled on one dating app and then they like you on another one. Fuck that weird or not. Why, Rourke? Like, no. <laughs> just, no explanation. Just no. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, follow through or don't be into me. Like, one or the other. Like, I'm not going to – I'm not going to restart the conversation with you here. Like, in theory, you know, 
I if I liked the person, I always, you know, practice what you like do what you want the other person to do. I always send a message. And so like what? You're going to make me reopen a fucking conversation? Um I mean, has this happened to me before and have I like accepted it? Yes. And I typically just Same. say like we have to stop meeting like this. And um like, you know, Allie and I, when we were talking about doing this one, Allie said, you know, they probably just forgot that they, like, were talking to you on the other one. But, like, I don't know. That's, like, a little insufficient to me. I'm not okay with that. They need to remember me. Um, so, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not weird. saying it's okay. That's just probably what happened. Yeah. This is weird. And I'm going to say 70 weird, 30 nah. Okay. Mm. I, have you ever done it to somebody where you liked somebody on a different dating app and it fizzled on? No. Probably. Um, <laughs> so I Probably. think this might matter. So, okay. If it fizzled because of me, like I've, if I'm not responding to him and then he likes me on another, that then is a tactic to re-engage me and hope, uh, in my opinion, that that's a way to get a ball rolling again. If he mm -hmm. drops the ball and then likes me on another and one, then likes what the you. fuck is happening? You know, yeah, I, I also different things. I also think there's like a time element of this because I do think that I've done this before, oh, but sure. I don't think it was like a contemporary conversation mm. where like yeah, our conversation fizzled three days ago, and now I'm going to go ahead and like you on another dating app. It was like, oh, I talked to this guy months ago, and now mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. will talk again. And I have a similar line that I use every time, Rourke, to the "We got to stop meeting like this," which is. How many times do you think we have to match before we actually go on a date? Oh. I oh, like didn't that. you use that on the three-peat? I did use that on the three-peat, and then we went on a date. Yes, you did. Hmm. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. Jeff, what's your take? Um, okay, but yeah, what's your take? What's your what's your split guess? Oh, mine's uh, like, yeah, no, fuck no. I don't like this. Because you're sending, you're sending mixed messages, or you don't remember me, just like Rourke is saying, and now I'm offended. Yeah, neither um, one's good. Or you're doing it deliberately, like to have fun, or or mess around. Like I don't like it. Like I'm not taking it seriously. Um, so I hate experiencing it. I don't think I've done it to anybody, but I probably have somehow. Not you know uh, consciously. Um, so it's weird or not. Nah, uh, but wait, remind me, because <laughs> this is weird, and it's also like no, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> so not nah means weird. not weird. Yeah. That's everything you've described is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, okay. I'm going to say 80% weird, 20% nah. It's okay. not as weird as either of you think. What? 59% what? weird. No. 41% nah. Is, oh. is that people saying that like this happens, therefore it's not quote unquote weird? It is both that, but then most people just said that like, Sometimes conversations die, so it seems like a legit second chance. Like, shit happens, basically, is what most people said. Okay. We're taking it way too personally, I think. <laughs> this is more of, like, a, my issue than anyone else. Like, our issue. Um, so, yeah, maybe I need to be a little more chill about that. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of other people also talked about the time. Like, they were like, if this happened within a couple weeks, that would be weird. But if it's been a couple months, now it's not. Right. This has There's happened to me months. within the week. That's weird. Thank you. Very weird. Unless it turned into like an inside joke. 
where you're just like matching, where someone's just like liking and matching you in as many places as possible. That happened with me yeah. and a friend, like a friend I know in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, there's just too much possibility for like you're not able to be like congruent with how you feel or what you want or you have like a lot going on and you forget conversations or they drop off or your feelings change and like I don't want to deal with the inconsistency is my thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, okay, I would like to start off with the question asking because oh. so the listeners know that we typically start our podcast episodes with life updates. And Jeff, we got a question about a life update of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and a listener would like to know, why did you and your girlfriend break up and was it TikTok's fault? Oh my gosh, uh, Jeff, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this. Well, And yeah. I, I also would like to mention that Jeff and I discussed this question in advance, <laughs> so I didn't – this is not an ambush. Right. <laughs> hey, are we like blindsiding this man? Oh my God, no. I'm going to come back. No, we're not. <laughs> Jeff and I discussed this in advance. I <laughs> saw that in the possible questions. I was like, I like that question. And yeah. so we broke up maybe, ooh, I don't know, six or seven weeks ago or something. So now it's been almost a couple months. And um, when I met Stacy, we met a little over two years ago. And it was mm. at the part of the pandemic where I decided to give up on everything, where I'm just sort of like, I'm letting the pandemic wash over me. Mm. And I'm only going to focus like, on my release. therapy clients. Yeah. yeah. And all of my other projects or creative hobbies, I'm not going to do any of them. And I'm going to go on Hinge and I'm going to find like somebody that I vibe with. And I matched with Stacy and she came over and we started to watch every single season of Survivor. And that was that was our relationship. That's what it was based on. Like the Survivor season starting from one going all the way to 40. Whoa. Um, and we like busted through like it, but it took like a year like a hyper to kind binge of, like, yeah like we like went as much we went as hard as we possibly could and i was her like survivor boyfriend and it was like so fun and it was like this big journey and we like became even closer we got into like little fights about like what we thought about survivor and then like after a year of like watching all the survivors um, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really, I really need to like start doing shit. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I've also been watching TikTok almost as much as I've been watching Survivor. And I was like, I can do this. I think I can do this. And I think I can just like, I can get a really big following. And I'm a therapist and mental health is trending. I've been training for this my whole life and I didn't even fucking know it. So then I started <laughs> making videos and I was like viral and I'm just like a big success. And it's a whole big thing. And Stacy is like, well, I didn't. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't want to date a TikTok boyfriend. I wanted to date like a survivor boyfriend, somebody who is just going to kind of like chill and cuddle and be like, you know, that like the relationship is the focus of my life. And I was like, oh no, I'm actually like a really creative, entrepreneurial, like passionate person. And you never actually saw that side of me. So it's almost like I was doing inadvertently this like false advertising of mm. like, this is who I am. And then I was like, no, psych, I'm actually somebody else. And all of my friends were like, yay, Jeff is back. But Stacy was like, who is this person? Who is this person? Interesting. Well, she met you in like a really specific season of your life. She did. And it, it was a part of my life where I was like just a really different person. I mean, not totally 100%, but I was very much like connected to her 
and Survivor. Again, big fan of Rourke's. Um, so I was like, am I triggering you right now? Are we okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that created some stuff where like mm-hmm. I wasn't as present because I was like really interested. I tried to kind of like make the relationship and TikTok and all the other opportunities that were coming that were coming for me, like all integrate into one life. And she felt left out. I couldn't really like make her feel, I wasn't able to like give her the time that she wanted. And so that caused arguments and fights and disconnection. And we eventually split up, not just because of that, but that started it. Like TikTok actually did kind of start it in a way. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely totally. does. And yeah. as I said earlier, but I will say now for the people also really sorry to hear that, that because I mean, no matter, yeah. no matter even if it was the right thing, like it still sucks. And it's like shitty to go through. It still sucks. And she's like, she's lovely. And we made a really good couple in a lot of different ways. But we grew in different ways, which I feel like is mm. so common and sad and fucked up in a relationship where like, you get together, everything's going great. If one person goes a different direction that they're really passionate about, and the other person's just like, that's not interesting. She was not a fan of like, random people coming up to me and letting me know like how much they loved my TikTok or like, or the thought they knew me or something. She was like, this is, I'm dating a celebrity. Like, this is kind of gross. This isn't so. Not what she signed up for. Yeah. Not what she signed up for. Grew in a different direction. And so we had, so we like ended it not because we're like, we got into like, like there was like anything bad or horrible that happened, but just because like we're sort of different people and yeah, that's a bummer. I think that'll be really relatable to a lot of people specifically thinking about relationships in the pandemic. I think that happened a lot Mm -hmm. in both ways where either relationships that started during the pandemic started to feel really different as things started to open up. Mm -hmm. I've also know a lot of people where they went into the pandemic in a relationship Hi, people are me. And then <laughs> and then realized because of the pressures that that put on their relationship that mm. they weren't compatible people. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of people will relate to that, even people who are not celebrities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think a lot of people like didn't even – they thought that maybe they like dodged the pandemic relationship. Like my relationship is strong enough or close mm. enough or, or whatever. And then eventually when things started to kind of change and open up, they found out that maybe they didn't. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's one that you have to be kind of like honest about when, when the time comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good question. <laughs> um all right well i will take the next one and it's not personal to any of us in this room um okay my boyfriend and bestie plus me so i guess the three of them were friends for one year they still joke about dating each other i hate this i would be <laughs> so not down <laughs> Sorry, we have to let Jeff answer first. Jeff, what's what's your sorry, oh. what, what's what's your take now that you know our unbiased opinions? I mean, I'm not a fan of it, right? Like, I mean, that doesn't if if your if your boyfriend and bestie are joking about dating each other and it's like upsetting you or making you feel bad or insecure or like you're like the third person, the third wheel or something, uh, 
I, I would hope that like the people that you're like closest with, like care about how they're affecting you emotionally and can read the situation and see that you feel awkward or feel like that's like inappropriate or would check in with you to like ask you how you feel about it. But for them to kind of like, I don't know, it's like this special little like unique relationship that you're not a part of. And that's going to, if I'm, if I'm them, I'm like, my mind is getting fucked with the whole time. Totally. It, it reminds me of, there's a girl on TikTok who's an incredibly talented actress and she does a skit that she calls like that girl. Mm-hmm. And it's like the girl in the skit, the the girlfriend and her are not friends, but she does this whole thing about how she's hurt. I'm not explaining this well. The, <laughs> the girl in the video is the, is the best friend of your boyfriend. So it's like POV, like your boyfriend is best friends with this girl. And this girl basically makes you feel like the third wheel all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She, she's excellent at it Rook you've seen her videos right yeah they're very the funny girl. Yeah. and to that point I would I would love to I know that we ask people to keep things in one question box and that kind of limits the context but I would not be shocked if the initiator of these jokes is the female bestie yep same in that she, if she might she might feel like the third wheel and so therefore she tries to add herself in a way to that relationship to kind of like add a dotted line between her and the guy to like kind of stay in the circle in a to strange like way. Stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, either yeah. either way, like no matter what's like fueling this, I agree with you, Jeff, that like these people, you're too clo- the two closest people to you in your life from a peer perspective. And so if it's bothering you, they should care that mm-hmm. that's the case. Yeah, for sure. Who do you talk to? I guess you probably talk to both of them, but who would you go to first to let them know that you're having feelings about it? My boyfriend probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like I th- I think I think that I would say, especially if it's the case like you were saying, Rourke, if like she's, you know, initiating, et cetera, I would talk to him about hit the way he's reacting to it. If he's like playing into it in a way that I am not into. Mm-hmm. Because if he stops doing that, then maybe the initiating can stop. Mm-hmm. It also it's this is just such a fucking weird situation. If you like take a step back, I mean, that'd be so <laughs> that'd be so awkward that you're dating somebody that dated your best friend, and there's like intimate details that you all know about it. Like I don't know, it just. And and that's why I feel like there's like these rules of like I'll never date your ex because it gets really funky. And I'm not saying that like we all have to follow the rules, but do oh, we, I don't think I they don't actually think dated. dated. Oh, they didn't date. No, well, we it, don't know. It's, I guess, it's but, hard to say. Oh, I thought they did. Okay, I'm reading it as if like they joke about like what if they did. Oh, what like if it's they these? Did. Okay. It's like a trio friend group where two of them paired off, mm-hmm. and one is like, haha, but what if we dated? Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, that sucks. It still sucks. I think everything <laughs> like, said it's still bad. stands. It's still, it's still bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, talk to your boyfriend. Let them know how you feel about it, that you feel really uncomfortable and to not engage. And also, like, talk to your friend. Like, this is, this. yeah, this is very Yeah, awkward. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Mm-mm. No, don't. Um, okay. Here's another one. 
When should I expect for things to stop feeling honeymoon-like after a new relationship? <laughs> or oh, in a do, new you, relationship? do you get this question all the time? I hear yeah, this every single, all the every time. single we time. Yeah, every single time I put a up a question box. Every single time there's a question box. Yeah, and I never – I'll give you an answer, but it doesn't matter because it like it just depends on so many different things. And my, my answer is just like, yeah, I don't know, anywhere between three months and two years. And you're just like, thanks. That's fucking – That's that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when so the question is when does it end? When should I expect for things to stop feeling honeymoon like? <sighs> should, should you expect? I feel like it's weird to expect. I mean, it it, it reminds me of like um, when you do ecstasy. <laughs> like, Whoa, and, I like the turn this is taken. <laughs> And if you do ecstasy, I'm not saying that I have done ecstasy, but if you do, I've done ecstasy. So if you do ecstasy and then you do it, and then if you get in your head of like, oh no, this is going to end, you start to like ruin the high. And all of a sudden, like it's not as sparkly and lovely as it can be and it should be because you're sort of like in your head about it. That's what I, I hope that doesn't happen to you. If you're like expecting the honeymoon to end, you might be focusing on like the you know, too many imperfections or flaws or looking out for red flags or uh, guarding, like staying guarded or something. And the honeymoon period, like I've talked about before in like other videos or podcasts, it's really important because that's when you're like creating the like the scaffolding and the the structure and the love and the security and the stability. Like all of the honeymoon stuff makes it so that you get like really connected. You start falling for somebody. So eventually whenever it is that the honeymoon period ends, you have enough like stability and structure built in that you can like go through the waves or, you know, get through the weird yeah. fights or experience their flaws, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of when I was when I was saying that it's like I used the wrong word when I said it's like weird to expect it to end. But mm-hmm. I think that's what I, that's where my head was at was that I think if you're expecting it, it's kind of like always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, lean in, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly don't like create a problem where there isn't one. Um, but no, I, I I think Jeffrey just said is really valid. I remember I I I said to an ex in the past where we were certainly beyond the honeymoon phase. Um, I told him like the bank was overdrawn, that he had like burnt through like all of my kind of like goodwill Mm -hmm. and that like I had been drawing from stores of like love that I knew he had for me, but I now like needed a a deposit because it was like real bad. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there needs to be a ton of goodwill built in. And, and that's where you get a lot of that goodwill in the honeymoon period. But when for you two, when do you think, and I guess this depends on who you're with maybe, but like when does the honeymoon period typically start for you? Um, is it like, because I feel like, is it, for me, it's sort of like right when things, when we define the relationship and we're exclusive, then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I didn't like my like feelings just start like gushing because I feel like, I'm free to really attach to this person instead of like being in the uncertainty stage. I think that's where it is for me, where I feel like that safety kicks in of mm-hmm. like, okay, we are both in this and we are both like feeling super excited. Otherwise, we wouldn't have wanted to define the relationship. Mm-hmm. And now like, yay, here we go. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it starts 
when I realize I like want to start like fold, like introduce them to my friends, like start like folding them into my life, which tends to happen, which does happen for me before I define the relationship usually. Cause I like to see how that goes. And if it goes mm-hmm. poorly, then, but, um, cause I would say that's, that to me is kind of where like the fun starts ramping up where I'm able to like envision how they fit in and how they'll like elevate experiences that I, went too solo in the past or like like stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> the honeymoon stage i love it <laughs> it's so yummy <laughs> it is it is very yummy i'm looking forward to whenever my next honeymoon stage is going to be i was just thinking that i was like that's gonna be so nice for me yeah <laughs> Exactly. There was a question that I saw that I really liked that's sort of related to this, maybe. It's, uh, how do I stop getting the ick? It seems like I can't go longer than three months. Mm. Um, so maybe there's like a lot of like honeymoony stuff that's going on in the first three months. And then there's the ick. How do you two like define the ick? Have you heard of this before? Oh, of course. Definitely okay. heard yeah. of the ick. I also, I think- sorry, go ahead, Ali. No, 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 you go. I was going to say, I saw a great TikTok on this. I don't want to take credit for it. That um, women have like cornered the market on ick, that men like (laughs) actually don't understand ick. And because it was like somebody on the street, you know, interview, like asking men, like, what gives you the ick? And every, and the girl was like, all of these examples are turnoffs. And turnoffs is not ick. Yep. Mm. So like my situation with the writer I said on the podcast was such a big turn off. Like that's not the ick to me. That's that's, that ick. was a yeah. turn off that somebody was not excited to see me when mm-hmm. I returned from a trip. Whereas For to sure. me, the ick is like petty. And in kind of like a fu- – it's like in a fun way, frankly, you know, like as like a gossip and like as, you know, a mean person. But um, <laughs> like the ick to me is – I really don't like the way he chews or um, an ick is that like he orders his steak well done and that's like tacky and you know, like stuff like that to me is ick. Yeah. I see it as something that's like not objectively bad. Yes. That like, like in the situation with the writer, inconsistent communication is objectively bad. Somebody not wanting to be, not being excited to see you objectively bad, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't like the sound of his voice. Mm-hmm. Yes, like or his, his voice. The guy that you didn't like his laugh. Yes, the guy there. There was this guy Jeff that I went out with who reminded me his his laugh sounded exactly like this annoying guy that I know, and that mm-hmm. guy is annoying for reasons beyond his laugh. But because <laughs> this other guy's laugh sounded exactly like his, I, I couldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gave me the ick. But somebody yeah. else could hear that same laugh, and it wasn't an objectively bad laugh. So where do you think the ick stems from? Then where is it coming from? I think that the easiest way to get the ick is to talk about having it. <laughs> like, I, I think that, like, we talk ourselves into these things often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, I've, I've actually, like, lost the thread of what the original question was. But it was, it's yeah, somebody who what, can't help herself from getting the oh, ick. Oh, she, like, She's not making okay. it she, past three months. She can't go, but yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. You're so I got so excited about just des- about describing the ick that I was like, wait a second, what are they asking? Um but I think that that's part of it, that maybe that's around the time when she starts to nitpick and find things that she doesn't like about somebody because, frankly, it's safer to not 
go further into a relationship with somebody and be more vulnerable and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's easier and safer potentially to find something dumb that you don't like about them and get turned off. So then now you don't get hurt because you're the one that has found the problem. 100%. Do you, if you like get the icky feeling, do you try to push past it? Cause it feels kind of silly. Maybe I try. <laughs> yeah. <You> try. <laughs> <laughs> and are you successful typically? She says with a trepidatious face yeah. because no, not right. all, not not always. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, like I, funny. so actually, honestly, the writer mm-hmm. is a good example of. I think I could have gotten the ick early from the writer, but I was like, I am being like that is silly. There, there are like a constellation of really good traits that I would be a like stupid person to not pursue. I don't know if you guys watched early The Mindy Project, but mm-hmm. she dates a guy where um, she – he – like in the morning after – like they wake up and he's going to go get coffee and he puts on jeans and he's like, this is really weird. Like why do my jeans not fit? And she's like, stop. Take take those off. Take those off right now. Oh, they're her jeans. She freaks out because she realizes that like her jeans are bigger than his jeans. Mm-hmm. The writer was my height, and as men like tend to have kind of like slimmer hips than women, like I have a feeling like he would have fit into my jeans. I don't think that's like the like he's my height. He's a little bit like finer boned than I typically go for. However, like that is I know that I rationally know that that's silly, and I actively refuse to like let that be what drove me like away from that relationship. And then he mm-hmm. broke up with me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so fuck it. Maybe I should have gotten the ick. Who cares? It all doesn't matter. <laughs> so that reminds me of when I was dating the dentist, which is a guy that I dated a while ago, Jeff, um, for your reference. And he had roommates when I was dating him. And I, in the middle of the night, got up to go to the bathroom and grabbed what I thought were my jeans and couldn't get them on. And it was like at the time a like very trying experience where I like yelled. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then yeah, fell over and it was just great. So I I, I feel that ick is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. jeans are yeah, I, I've never experienced any like gene stories in my relationships, but um I remember that episode for on Mindy and I I I can like I I understand the experience that you're talking about but I'm I'm also trying to think back on like if I've ever experienced the ick and I honestly don't know if I have See um, man thing have it cornered <laughs> I think you're right uh and this <laughs> question is worse, like baby. yeah it goes there's I think there's some other question on there that somebody uh, uh asked where they were like, how do I stop sabotaging relationships? So it's kind of like, this is all very connected. It feels like ick stuff is sabotaging a relationship, but I guess it could also be like maybe something, some sort of intuition inside of you is also telling you that maybe like this isn't, this isn't it, but you should probably like push against the ick, not like agree with it right when it comes up and take it super seriously, run it by your friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could, it could be your body's way of saying like this is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I we need more data. Charlotte. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. 
Oh, that's it. We just like need more information about yes. what's going on to end a relationship based on like somebody being like, uh, you know, like they make gross sounds when they eat. Well, you know, I don't know if I'd if I'd be able to live with that. Um, <laughs> but like <laughs> these like little small things typically. Um, yeah. Push through it if you can. It reminds me of Charlotte and Harry on Sex and the City. Yes. He, she, he totally gave her the ick. I think she even mm-hmm. said that. Yeah. I think she, she might have used the word. I think she actually used the word ick at the time. Did she coin mm-hmm. ick? She might have. <laughs> I mean, Sex and the City did coin a lot of stuff that we that we is lot, like yeah. in our zeitgeist now. Yeah, anyway. yeah, we owe that show a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of a serious one for you, Jeff. Okay, what is that? Dating someone who filed for divorce and says he wants to take it slow. How do we do that? I mean, good for him for saying that he wants to take it slow. Um, there is, I I got divorced like oh, three and a half years ago or something. Uh, and I thought that I was ready to date when I was very much not ready to date. It was more of like a reaction of just like, Ugh, I just want to like get out there and experience something different. I want to feel desired and loved and wanted. And I wasn't feeling all of that in my marriage towards the end. Uh, so I really kind of like, came out of the gates uh, real hot and I should have been a lot more deliberate and slow and kind of like figuring out like, how do I feel about everything? So I love that they are saying they want to take it slow. That's fantastic. Uh, It's funny because sometimes when people ask like how many times per week should I see them in order to take it slow? Um, I'll say like, yeah, just see them once a week. And they're like, that's fucking never like, there's no way. And I'm like, no, I think once a week. Yeah, what do you think about once a week? Is that, that a good feel like a, That feels like a great pace to me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially early. Especially early. Yeah. I I can't really imagine seeing somebody more than once a week if we have been on, let's say, less than, I don't know, eight to ten days or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just threw that number out there. I don't actually have that exact number. But like early on when I'm first seeing someone, absolutely once a week. Yeah, once a week, because like you get to like go out with them, experience them, have all the feelings that come up, like have a good time. And then after like a day or two, maybe like you're not like, <clears throat> you know, you're like, the butterflies have gone away and you can think about things a little bit more um, logically or rationally and be like, did I have a good time? Uh, are they like meeting my needs? Are they checking off the things that are really important to me? All my non-negotiables or deal breakers, like what's going on? So you can kind of like think about it in a really like level way, but also you're paying attention to like all the other aspects of your life that matter so much where you're spending time with friends and you're doing your creative projects and you're interested in your hobbies. And, um, and if you're into work, you're like working on work stuff or going to school or whatever it is. Like you have like this full life so that you're not just sort of like really only honing in on that relationship that I get is like really excited, exciting to experience. And you want to spend all the time with that person. But the best thing about taking it slow, in my opinion, is the tension that builds and the anticipation like you can like lean in into that into that tension and anticipation it can feel like so yummy and delicious or it can drive you fucking crazy you like you (laughs) can try to make a choice and really experience it as like a fun thing instead of like this is i'm dying here right so that's what i think one thing i think that would worry me is that is she going to like 
is she going to be comfortable with the level of slowness that he is going to need if he has just filed for divorce? Like he's he's still married. So oh, like at least the way that I'm reading the question, he's still married. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like the way the slowness that he's looking for might not work for her. And I think like being cognizant of that and then that's okay. Like it's okay if she has to decide like this isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And there might be like lots of stuff that he's going to have to like go through, maybe like divorce proceedings or split things up or have contentious, like, or difficult um, conversations with his ex or soon to be ex. So, uh, do you want to go on that journey with him? Like it's mm. going to, it's going to be like an emotional journey and you don't have to, but there, that's like a, a, a difficult thing sometimes to navigate when you're first starting to be with somebody. Um, yeah. Again, I like that he knows that he's, that he wants to take it slow, but this is not sort of like, I don't know, a typical, I don't know what a typical relationship is really, but like ideally you're both sort of like in the same place However, if this is your person and you're really excited about it and you want to go on that journey, good luck. <laughs> let, yeah. let me know if this is like a toxic thought. <laughs> I th- I personally would be out on this because the odds or I would have to cabinet so hard. I would need like a, a – I would need a thick wall between this mm-hmm. person and like the other things in my life because – I think the odds are that this man ends up with the first person that he starts taking it slow with when he files for divorce is so slim that like I would view myself as like a practice person for him and like a practice relationship getting back out there. And like who knows? You might be the exception, not the rule. But like I I just don't want to be the person that like somebody who's figuring their stuff out gets like mileage on like i i want i want the person who's like transformed already is that toxic what do you think (laughs) i don't think i don't think it's toxic i think it's totally fair to not i think it's totally fair to not want to date somebody that's at their at that stage of figuring out what their what their life is going to look like post-divorce totally fair I don't think it's toxic. I think that you're like protecting yourself and you want to have like the best possibility, like best start as you possibly can. And that there are some very obvious risks here that you'd mm-hmm. like to mitigate. And and so you're just like doing, you're taking care of yourself, you know, and, and trying to kind of like be realistic and not get too attached too quick because there are some like landmines. There's some invisible landmines that we don't even know about yet. And he doesn't know about yet. And so to have to navigate that with somebody else. No, I don't think you're toxic. Rourke. Thank you, Jeff. Put that on my. <laughs> okay. Oh, so here's, um, here's one. Here's, here's one. Um, yeah. How do you deal with painful thoughts of your ex loving someone else after a breakup? And I asked this question, someone else asked this question, but I'm asking this question to the group because I'm not sure I have like a fantastic answer about this or answer for this. But this is also a question that I get a lot of like breaking up and then you see your ex with somebody else or, or even just like on a dating app or something like they move on quote unquote before you, at least that's what it looks like. And how do you deal with all those feelings that are coming up? So do you have any, what do you say to these folks? The, the thing that I've said to myself is that 
is that perception is not reality. Mm-hmm. And so just because I see them in a new relationship or on a dating app or on a date or whatever it is doesn't mean that they are at whatever place I am deciding that they are at, that they're like totally moved on from me or that they're in this happy relationship or that they're totally fine. Like none, mm-hmm. none of that means that in mine. But like it, it, it has helped me in the past to just know that there are plenty of times when I put up a happy picture and I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean there i guess go ahead no go ahead jeff sorry i was gonna say i i think it's i like how you answered it ali just because like you really personalized it and i think that if i'm personalizing it for myself of like how do i personally react to that like what do i tell myself i tell myself whatever the fuck i'm going to tell myself to make myself feel better and i don't care if it's true or not so i'm just like yeah you're moving on as fast as you can because you're fucking broken because you can't take it that is how (laughs) devastated you are so go and yeah, you have to like move on and not like sit with that grief because you're so sad that we're not together anymore. I get it. Do it, babe. Like do whatever you need to do to like distract yourself. This is not a real relationship. This is a rebound. You're obviously still in love with me and you can't admit it to yourself. Um, that Now that sounds toxic like that. <laughs> um, yeah. But sometimes I need to say that But as long as you don't act myself. on it, who cares? Exactly. It's just a narrative that I can attach yeah. on to. I'm not like doing anything about it um, because it does. I do feel hurt. There's like underneath it is just like uh, exactly how people feel like, oh, they moved on before I moved on. So I must have not meant anything to them or yeah. I'm not as special or this feels really disrespectful. Or what if that person is so much better than me? Here's all the reasons why they're so much better. So like, I'm already feeling shitty. And now I'm like projecting all these like really sad things on that story. So that's why I'm shifting it into like, uh, you're like rebounding and you can't admit how you're still in love with me or something. So do what you need to do. Um, so it's so I guess the answer is just sort of like tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself in order to move through it. And who the fuck knows like why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. I mean my yeah. a friend of mine from college always says and I'm sure she got this from somewhere um the best revenge is living well. Mm-hmm. And that like just focus like it, it's it's lame but just like make your life more amazing and then you literally will care less because it matters less. And I think just like doing things to remind yourself how awesome you are can lessen the emotional jolt that comes with things like that. Yeah. And I also think that a lot of people think that it is quote unquote like losing the breakup if they Mm. need to mute or unfollow or block or whatever it is that person like they feel like oh I'm admitting that I care if Mm. I admit that I need to do that do that like if it is going if it is impacting your mental health to see this person and there's something you can do about it do it yeah, have you read that book, How Not to Die Alone? Have you heard of that book? Yeah, we had Logan yeah. on the pod. Oh, okay. Because because they talk about how like it's not in that book. Like, just block. Like, don't look at any of the pictures of your exes or anything like that, because it can like really hold you back from moving on. So it's it's a really healthy decision to just sort of like shut that out. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you're weak or that you you know like it's no. We all need to celebrate it. Yeah. 
I'm even blocked by my ex's friends. <laughs> Take that. There you go. Feather in my cap. <laughs> it's because I process served them. Okay. Um, it's not a regular occurrence. I have one that I like. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like is the wrong word because I, I feel for this listener. Um, okay. So she says, I ended it. Nine months later, I'm still wondering if I made a mistake. Tips to get clarity? Well, I think if there's like a – at least right after you end something, there's going – there's like a very normal like psychological um, – experience that you have where like you you go ahead and you start doubting it or you're just mm-hmm. like i made this really big decision and and i don't know if this is the right decision for me to make and so you have to kind of like get through the doubt and not take it super seriously um because that's just sort of like what your psyche does whenever you're making big decisions so no big deal but if it lasts for nine months <sighs> it, it i mean i need obviously like i need like a lot more context here but if it's lasting, yeah. it's, if it's lasting for that for that long, what could be going on? It, it could mean that like you're holding yourself back and you're not moving forward for whatever reason. Maybe it's because you don't want to get out there and start dating again. Maybe it's because you're like putting them up on a pedestal and only like focusing on their like lovely, positive uh, things that about them or the relationship. Um, it could mean that like you're there's there is there's like you felt like you could have been a different person or you could have like quote unquote tried harder or like made a different move in the relationship in order to make it work and so there's like a feeling of regret uh which is also like sometimes i mean i look back on like a handful of my relationships i'm just like ah like i do regret some of the ways that i acted and there's nothing i can do about that like i could have been better or i could have been more honest or i could have been more understanding or whatever it is and that we need to kind of like integrate that into our past relationship history and accept that and move forward and let that like there's going to be a part of us that's always going to kind of like wonder what if um so the what if feelings, whether they're like a week after a breakup or a year after a breakup, are very normal. So maybe we just sort of like need to normalize them. And you can move forward. You don't have to be like 100% over somebody and like have no feelings for them at all to go out and start dating. Like you can just sort of like get out there, start dating and see what happens. And that might be the thing that sort of like puts you, moves you over over, over the hump. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are some initial thoughts. What are you thinking? I love those thoughts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great. Cosign. Do, would you ever or have you ever like contacted somebody nine months or a year later and been like, hey, I'm still thinking of you. Do you want to give it a shot? Not that much later. I have got work. <laughs> work as an exes don't exist anymore. <laughs> mentality works like emphatically shaking her head no um i have gotten back together with somebody but it was not after that long i think we were i think we were broken up for like a few months Mm -hmm. and we saw we saw each other at a friend's birthday party it was like neither of us reached out we like Mm -hmm. ran into each other basically and rourke there isn't anybody in your dating history that you would ever give another shot to they're dead to you yeah no definitely not Oh, look at you. Yeah, you're very certain about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know this I, like cut here because it's not worth the time um, on the pod. I don't know what the ranger counts as. Mm-hmm. We oh, certainly I don't think never counts. dated. 
I don't think he counts in this. Okay. In this, yeah. But no, I um, I feel like I have nothing to add to this dialogue, so I won't just like blather on to your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> There's, yeah, I don't. I I'm I'm somebody that's like I'm I'm mostly like you, Rourke, where I'm just like an X is an X, and we broke up for a reason. Even if I don't know exactly what like those reasons are, I'm like it didn't work out. I'm moving forward. I don't want to get too caught up in the past that like really makes it so that it's like hard to move forward. However, mm-hmm. there are. There's maybe like a couple exes that I have, but those exes are from like 15 years ago where it's just Mm. like so much time has passed and I'd be interested to know if like we could possibly rekindle something, but yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I can't think of like my three serious modern exes. I cannot think of anything that has changed that would that would make us that would make that's, that make that's sense. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the classmate for example, like he still has two kids and I still have a very busy job and we're still not seeing each other. You know, mm-hmm. so like are, all the logistical problems are still there. I I have nothing. Yeah. I when I was thinking about it, I wasn't thinking about people that I would call my ex-boyfriends like when we were thinking about people in your dating history. Like mm-hmm. the comeback kid is a good example of this. So Jeff, a couple months ago, I was going on dates with a guy that I had been on dates with like four years ago, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have called him an ex. Like we went on like three dates four years ago and then we went on a few more dates this year when we like reconnected. Mm-hmm. I am sure there are other people that I have been on a couple dates with years and years ago that I'd right. be open to now. Right. Yeah. But like serious exes? No, none of my serious exes. Yeah. No, I agree. Can I give like a bit of a shout to having you on our uncensored episodes and ask this one? Mm-hmm. How soon is too soon to give it up? <laughs> I saw that question. And it has asterisks around it. Uh-huh. It. <laughs> so everybody, it is a euphemism. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I mean, so I guess there's like, there's two ways that I answer this question. How soon is too soon? Just give it up whenever the fuck you feel like giving it up is typically what I say. But understand that like, when you do give it up, there could be stuff that happens for you and to the relationship. So um, probably more feelings of attachment, likely, Um even more feelings of like connection. All of a sudden it feels like things have shifted. Maybe the relationship goes to a different level. There's like more vulnerability, like the oxytocin and the dopamine chemicals are going off in your head. So like understand that it's going to most likely have an effect on you. It might not, maybe it won't, but it probably will. Um, So when you feel comfortable, when you feel safe, when you feel turned on, when you you know, when both people are enthusiastically consenting to it and they're really excited about it, then I'd say go for it. Yeah, that's that's the framework that I've typically used is like, I know that it is going to change things for me in terms mm-hmm. of my level of attachment and how I will feel if this thing does not continue. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. or not I think it's for that reason or not, which like generally I don't. I think I'm with you. Like whenever I, – I don't think that – I don't think it could ruin it. Because like, oh, you had sex with them on the second date. It's ruined now. Like, eh, it probably was going to be ruined anyway. Mm-hmm. If that's the if that's the thing that broke it. But I know that for me, it ratchets up my attachment and thus my anxiety if things go awry. Mm-hmm. And so I think about it in that sense of like, when am I ready for that 
attachment rise to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, too soon is when I can't handle the consequences. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And when it, for all the people that are like, that, that want to take it slow, sometimes taking it slow means like not going all the way, doing it um, too soon, whatever that means for them. And I liked, like I said earlier, like lean into the sexual tension, like let it sort of like hang in the air, you know, do like lots of heavy makeouts without taking off your clothes. Like see how that, like it's so like really enjoy that instead of just sort of like jumping in all the way again, unless you want to jump all the way. I love that for you, but if you're going to take it slow, you can take this slow and it can be like a really sexy, sensual thing that builds up until it explodes. Yeah. Sexual tension mm-hmm. is a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play around with it. It's good stuff. Yeah. And and yeah. to Rook's point, if you want to hear us talk more about this, which we don't normally on the regular pod, we do uncensored episodes of our Patreon and they are lots of fun. And Jeff has been a guest and it was incredible. He was our inaugural, inaugural uncensored pod. Yes. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, do we have time for one more question? Just because I want to yeah, know let's do let's do one more. How you two would answer this? Um, why Jeff, is this the... is about you, not us? No. We're here all the time. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how I would answer this too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why is the bad boy so appealing? Are you two? Uh, just do you find the bad boy appealing? Is that a thing for you? It depends how you right. define bad. Yeah, I was. I was going to say, how are we defining a bad boy? Whenever somebody says bad boy, and this maybe dates me, but I think of just sort of like some biker on a motorcycle that's like flicking a cigarette. Jacket. Yeah, leather jacket, looking real fucking hot, slick back hair. Who is that like the the Fonz so, or something? What tattoos? Yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. like John Travolta in Greece to me. That's yep. what it is. Uh, that is what I think of when I think of a bad boy. Okay. I think of John Travolta in Greece. Which Rourke, could not be a bigger turnoff. I hate <laughs> lack of consciousness of safety. And I actually <laughs> really, really disliked that the classmate was a big motorcycle guy. Like that was not hot oh, to me. It was I did not know concerning. that about him. I it really bothered me. I was like, no, you have I, children. No, I, I knew I not that it didn't, but I didn't know that he was a motorcycle guy. Yeah. That part I didn't Huge. know. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He and his dad do a lot of unsafe activities. I like, I think my version of it is like, I, the Love Island of it. Like I like a guy with chat. I like some banta. And I think that that can get me into trouble because guys with sassy banter have a Venn diagram with assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that that's what gets me. That's exactly what – where I was – what I was talking about earlier in the update section, Jeff, I was updating on this guy that I went out with this past week that reminded me of an ex who towed the line between confident and cocky. Mm-hmm. And ultimately was turned out was just cocky, mm-hmm. but that took me a while to figure out. But I think that is that's the bad boy thing that does appeal to me is that exact thing you were saying, Rourke, like that confident guy who's got the banter who can tease you and like, but like can, but I want somebody where like I'm also teasing him and we're both like we're both having that banter and it doesn't feel one sided. Mm-hmm. But I think that oftentimes that bad boy guy can go to a more one-sided place where he becomes the asshole. Yeah. yeah. And that's the line that I usually walk is like, am I confident or am I cocky? I'm not going to let you know. 
until like we get to know each other a little bit. And that's, and I know that that's like one of the things, like one of the, or can be an attractive thing about me is that I feel really confident about myself and I kind of like play myself up and I'm like kind of joking, but am I joking? Do I think I'm fucking amazing? I don't know. You're going to have to find out. So there's like something that can kind of like pull you in and that can be the sort of like quote unquote bad boy image that I'm like leaning into because I'm not riding in any mo- any motorcycles and I quit smoking like 12 years ago but I looked fucking hot when I smoked. I knew I knew how to hold work don't fucking no I did. I looked really you're shaking your head. Disagree. Even you. You yeah, no I like I know how to fucking smoke a cigarette and blow that smoke and I oh I, my I, God. I was I was smoking from like 15 to 30 years old. And so, and so realize that this was also like in the nineties when like smoking in like movies was also like it was glamorized. It was, it was yeah, having people thought it was cool. In uh-huh. America, it's still having a moment everywhere, oh, else. everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, I was able to kind of like look like kind of a bad boy when I smoked my, my Lucky Strike cigarettes. Did either of you smoke? You're not. No, I've never, never smoked I've, a cigarette. Neither have I. You should never try. Was. No, thanks. No, I'm not going to get addicted <laughs> to something, Jeff. You're not – well, I mean, no. I, it, cigarettes are garbage and they, like, they taste horrible and I can't stand them. Like, I will say, like, the reason – a reason I have no interest also is, like, nicotine vapes trigger mm. me to puke. Oh. oh I, like, never instantly will throw up if I vape. Yeah. I've never vaped because I feel like I would get, like, really hooked really quick. Um, yeah, I've never – I've never tried, and for that reason, don't really have an interest in it. There's also I haven't seen anyone do a vape, and me look at them and be like, "Ooh, they look like a bad boy or bad girl." Like, there's oh, it's no, not, it's, they're it's terrible. Not like, yeah. no, somebody I know like has one that like is rechargeable and shit. And my friend was he was like, "What is that? A Game Boy?" Like, it was it's, like, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, aging ourselves ridiculous. with the Game Boy reference. Yeah, oh, I, no, those are back, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think – I'm trying to think of the like quintessential bad boy image that I, I think there's been one guy in my dating history that I would say fits that and my friends referred to him as trouble because I was dating mm. somebody when I met him <laughs> and he was he is like the reason mm-hmm. that I ended up breaking up with – the re- that's a stronger way, strong way to say it. But like he was the trigger. He was the trigger for me realizing mm. that I needed to end one of my more serious relationships that I've had. And my friends called him trouble because he had mm-hmm. he was like he had tattoos and like muscles and he wore a leather jacket and he like seemed very like cool. He lived in Brooklyn at the time when I never went to Brooklyn and didn't know what happened in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. I mean I, I can be attracted to the bad girl. I was gonna um, say, do you like a bad girl? Oh yeah. What what what's what's the equivalent? I mean, that Sandy. Uh, yeah, is it Sandy in the leather <laughs> in the leather outfit? Um, yeah, I think maybe it is bad Sandy, but it, it, it's somebody like we're saying. It's it's this person. It's 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 someone who has like they, they have the image. Maybe there's like tattoos and um, just sort of like they they look kind of punk rock. So somebody maybe like it's like in a band or something and but they like they're in a band they're on stage and they like command the stage like there is there's that like cockiness and that bad assery that's just sort of like really hot and really sexy. So I like a bad girl but I also really like a good girl. Um I can swing both ways. We love it. 
<laughs> we love a well-rounded yeah. individual. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, this was so fun, as always, as we knew it would be. I'm so excited yeah, for the listeners to forever. hear it. Yeah, um, seriously. We could just keep spitballing questions back and forth. We will obviously have to have you on again. This was amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to come back. And, uh, you know, everybody knows this, but can you remind the listeners where they can find you? Sure. They can find Therapy Jeff on TikTok and Instagram. I also have a Patreon uh, where you can search for Therapy Jeff there. It's just $4 a month to get just like way too much extra content. I'm posting (laughs) so many long videos every single fucking day. So like if you really, if you really want a lot of me, then you can find me there. And of course the new podcast is changes. Everything It's all about um, mental health, therapy, relationship stuff. Uh, On a more recent episode, we talked about, um, how to be happy and chill just being alone. So I really enjoy doing that podcast. If you want more of me, you can find me there as well. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, everybody go find Jeff if you haven't found him already. Thanks for having me on.